This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hardwood Knox Podcast. My name is Dan Favalli, coming at you with my super-duper, incredibly esteemed, awesome times awesome, fantabulous, spectaculario, crestfallen that Nicole Jokic is no longer leading the NBA in box plus minus co-host Andrew D. Belly. Before we get started today, and we're going to have a relatively quick pod for you, spoilers, but before we get started, I just want to continue reminding everyone to please... Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, review us. It's the best way you can help out the pod at the moment. Uh, also, the best way to let us know that you're listening, that you want us to continue keep to keep delivering these crappy basketball takes. We really appreciate when we see those numbers come up. Uh, tell your friends, families, frenemies, enemies, people you think will like great basketball takes mixed with a little bit insanity. And Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to stay within budget when making updates to your bathroom. We do it right, too, by offering up to 20% off select toilets during the final days of our Refresh for Less kitchen and bath event. Step up your style even more with floor tiles starting at just 49 cents a square foot. For your next bath project, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 3-6. See store for details, U.S. only. Stupidity. Really, we're just trying to... Make sure that our community continues to expand. You guys are awesome, and we always love hearing from you. But again, please take the 10 to 15 seconds out of your day to put Hardwood Knox into iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Give us a two-star review at this point. I don't really care, but just be sure to leave some feedback as to why in the comment section. We just want to know that you're listening. We are also on Spotify and everywhere else that you consume your podcasts. Before we get going with a Jimmy Butler to the Houston Rockets trade scenarios slash rumor breakdown, whatever the hell we're doing right now, uh, we have to ask, though, because the people, they need to know. Andy, how are you doing? Doing great, uh, despite what a lot of random people on Twitter think. While the Nuggets lead was slipping away last night, I was getting so many mentions. (laughs) Your boy is trash, stuff like that. It's always fun. Um, I mean, listen, Nicole Jokic is basically just Jason Smith, so it's time that you accept it. I know. Last night's performance convinced me. Or or I, I should say three minutes of last night's performance convinced me. I'm done. He didn't even have a bad game in that loss to the Lakers. They were at, The Nuggets missed a bunch of shots. We were talking about it in our text box. I have no idea what Paul Millsap was doing down the stretch. Jamal Murray continues to be weird. I'm, I'm not backing off my Nicole Jokic will be a top three MVP candidate take. Um, and I don't think you should, at least not based on last night. So we're here because Woj dropped. It was obviously the deal hasn't gone through, but uh, I believe I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was getting my haircut at the time when he dropped this. And 
said that the Rockets are making a renewed bid to acquire Minnesota Timberwolves all-star Jimmy Butler, including four future first-round picks in their most recent offer. Um, On top of that reporting, Jeff Zilgit of USA Today tweeted, I see the jokes about the protection on those first-round picks uh, being offered to the Timberwolves, but I'm hearing that not every pick has outrageous protections. Let's see how it shakes out. They can't really have outrageous protections because the Stepien rule only lets you trade picks every other year in advance, essentially, and only up to seven years in advance. So they can't trade beyond a 2025 first rounder right now. And unless you're going to have, you know, if you say if you lottery protect, try to lottery protect 2021's pick, but then you're in the lottery. Like, I don't under, I don't, it doesn't work out like that. So you would basically be trading unless there's something um, installed where it turns into a second rounder or you're basically giving away your 2019, 2021, 2023, and 2025 first round picks. And that's to say nothing of the players involved, which we'll have to get to in a second. And the last thing you pointed this out to me before we start recording, because I didn't see it. uh, John Krasinski from the athletics, still no indication that the Wolves are close to saying yes to any offers. Things can change quickly, of course, but Wolves have been holding firm and that hasn't changed, Changed. which if Tom Thibodeau is still running the negotiations, that's not a surprise, though from Woj's reporting, and you don't necessarily know where he's getting his intel from, it did seem like the Timberwolves and the Rockets were at least kind of negotiating or having a consistent dialogue. So I'm just going to throw it to you. What What is just your... I want to know what your initial impression was when you saw this report and then kind of now that it's been uh, 12 hours, 15 hours, what, what, what you think of it? Well, my initial impression, I don't know if you saw what I said about it was, uh, I see everything you say, Andy. (laughs) Once you have a little bit of a sample size on the Carmelo Anthony, Michael Carter Williams experiment, this is, this is where your mind goes. Desperation trade offers. Um, that's soon to be a starter against the Clippers, Carmelo Anthony. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows what they'll do, uh, if, and when this goes down. Um, but yeah, that was my first thought. And then I, you know, I went instantly went to the trade machine and was trying to figure out, um, <laughs> what, what players can actually get this deal done. Um, and I, I threw out Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker just cause it was the, it was the easiest salary match. Um, but I got some some pretty quick and intense pushback from Rockets fans um, who insisted that they knew the thinking of Daryl Morey inside and out and, and basically told me there's no chance P.J. Tucker gets traded. Um, the salary matching still works if you do Eric Gordon and Nene. Though at that point, I thought, well, what's – what's? I, I feel like as long as Thibodeau's the one pulling the trigger – the trades are going to be geared towards staying competitive this year, or at least some aspect of them. Um, I think you could talk yourself into the Gordon and Nay thing if the only purpose of doing the deal was the four first round picks. And I think a lot of um, I think a lot of front offices would approach this situation that way. I just don't. It doesn't look like Tom Thibodeau is one of those types of front offices. Now we get into the issue that's that's been in place with this since the start is. <laughs> Is this Thibodeau um, or is it the owner, Glenn Taylor, who's pulling the strings here? I I still don't know. I don't think anybody knows who's pulling the strings. Um, But anyway, if it's a purely rebuilding trade, I I think you could just match with whatever and just get the four first-round picks. But if Thibodeau wants to stay competitive, 
he may be insisting on two rotation players plus that crazy haul of picks. Um, so I guess my thoughts are kind of all over the place at this point. The Krasinski tweet also stood out to me. Um, the one that you read about, they haven't said yes to anything yet. And, and that might change. Um, I suppose that could mean that they're, they're just fielding other offers. They, they go to Miami saying, Hey, can you beat this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Clippers, can you beat this? Whatever, whatever teams might still be involved. Um, but boy, this when did we record our last podcast? Two days ago, when one of my hot takes was Jimmy Butler last the season, and then all of a sudden, um, it's the it's the story in the NBA again. Yeah, it, it's I, I agree with everything you said about Thibodeau. If you were, and even if you're using foresight from the Timberwolves perspective, like let's say Glenn Taylor comes in and overrules Tibbs, which I feel like eventually might be how this entire thing ends, you're acknowledging that you're probably getting a bottom five first rounder definitely this season uh, and probably in 2021. And so you're betting on those 2023, 2025 picks being primo assets. And that's assuming that they don't turn into like weird protect. Like, could they be like top three protected? And if it falls in the top three, it turns into a second rounder. So you're gambling that the, the Rockets might be worse, but they won't be the worst team in the league or something like that. Um, I, yeah. It's just, but four first round picks at the same time for a player who's going to leave. And when you don't really have a lot of cap maneuverability in the coming years, even if you get rid of Jimmy Butler, this is kind of a way to help you over the next half decade or so re restock the asset cover, get some nice cost controlled assets. You could theoretically also turn around and use those first rounders to acquire players that you want, or maybe you, you do it to kind of just get salary off the books or something like that. So um, I, I honestly don't, don't know what the Timberwolves, I don't, Tibbs doesn't accept this package. So it's not a matter of, I don't know if the Timberwolves did end up accept, accepting it. One of two things has happened. Glenn Taylor has gotten involved or the Rockets have severely overreacted because like you threw out the Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker trade scenario, which is that was the most popular package when you were including a first round pick or if people were getting crazy yeah. and including two, if you're the Rockets, even though your first-round picks don't hold that much value, I'm not giving up four first-round picks and uh, P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon. Maybe you can talk yourself into including Eric Gordon in that deal. I, I honestly don't know. And something that I've sort of um, proposed is that maybe you get a team, one of the incentives could be um, the Timberwolves getting off Jang in this deal. And so maybe you seek out a third team like the Kings that has cap space. I don't know what it takes for them to uh, soak up Jang, Jang, especially when they have, you know, Zach Randolph's out of the rotation right now. Kufos is injured, but you have Marvin Bagley still. Uh, they like Bielita. They've been playing Justin Jackson at the four as well. You have Cauley Stein, uh, Harry Giles as well. So I, I, and I don't know that it's worth it to the Timberwolves to send two of those first rounders to the Kings. Maybe it can be something like a second rounder and one of those first round picks and you get off Jang in the process. And and that could be something, uh, a deal that I built very fluid because it was kind of while you were talking, but I did think about it a little bit, uh, when this report first came out and I know I'm rambling is what if the Rockets were willing to include Eric Gordon in this deal? And, uh, the Kings got involved. They take, so with the Kings get Gorgie Jang, uh, the Timberwolves get Eric Gordon, Amon Shumpert, Nene, 
um, and Justin Jackson, the Kings would also get Tyus Jones, and then the Rockets get Jimmy Butler, and Sacramento would get one first-round pick to Minnesota's getting three. Basically, Jang, Tyus Jones to the Kings with one first-round pick. The Timberwolves get three firsts, Eric Gordon, Shumpert, Nene, and Justin Jackson, and the Rockets get Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that makes sense. If Minnesota can figure, like, I guess ultimately they're they're just trying to get out from underneath Georgie Jang's salary in that case. Um, that would certainly help. Gordon makes I, – I would rather have Tyus Jones than Derrick Rose, but with those three guard lineups, Gordon makes a little bit more sense than having actually three point guards on the floor. Like, Yeah, that's true too. And he's he's a little bit undersized, but I think he's he's a strong like 6'4", whatever he is. And Amon uh, Shumpert, 22 PER this year. Yeah, he's up to a good start, interestingly enough. Um, yeah, I don't mind that deal. I, the Kings uh, might. Just so many bigs. But maybe you can buy out Kufos and Randolph and just be yeah, done with it. I, I don't know how they're thinking, but they're not in a position to really care about fit right now. <laughs> right. They're going to be good for a few years. I put this poll up on Twitter um, yesterday as I was sort of rambling off my – reaction to this report and i'm going to see if i can track it down um okay i'm ready let's say it is eric gordon and pj tucker and four first round picks which is i'm not laughing at you that would just be like i know it's a huge offer and i guess what i was thinking too was from houston's perspective it does sound like a ton um but if you if you look at what's left on the roster after that, that top four is insane. Um, if you can get anything out of Mello uh, off the bench, that's I mean I think that's an instant title contender. You still have Nene and Joe Green on the bench. Um, MCW, if you can limit him to like ten minutes, ten defensive minutes a game, that team is super super interesting. And I think what they're really probably thinking is. If we've got Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul and James Harden and Clint Capella for at least the first four years, so two of those picks, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And they don't really – they haven't – when's the last time Houston really knocked a, a draft pick out of the park? I guess it would be Clint Capella, which was four or five years ago, right? Because they trade um, picks all the time. <laughs> yeah, so they they don't really build through the draft anyway. Maybe they think they can get – contributors in the second round um as likely as they are at the end of the first so I'm, I'm just trying to talk myself through what they might be thinking with this massive offer um there is the the potential that those last two picks are are decent picks because at some point it's going to fall off for chris paul and james harden and um jimmy butler paul butler and uh who else am i thinking of at least those two have fairly significant injury histories so it could it could all come tumbling down fairly quickly um but anyway back to the poll let's say it is gordon tucker and four first rounders and and whatever their reasoning is behind the massive offer i don't know um the the best offer from let's say they call miami and say hey this is what it is can you beat it they offer josh richardson bam at a bayo and I don't know. 
two picks maybe. Um, which one of those do you take? If if it's, it's PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon in the four first, the right now the poll is forty three percent are taking the Miami pick uh, package and fifty seven percent are taking the Houston package. If you're telling me all four of those picks are going to convey, and that there's not that there's no if if it's anything other than the Rockets are the worst team in the league or one of the three worst teams in the league, and then they get to keep it and it turns into a second or something like that, um, I might give it pause. But I would clearly think you'd want to take the uh, Houston offer then, just because you load up your picks that way. You're getting P.J. Tucker who's going to help you defensively, and then Eric Gordon who can do stuff for you offensively. But I'm looking at it from the Wolves should be evaluating this from a big picture perspective, and maybe that's dumb because they've already paid Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Here's where I'm at. Um, I, I don't know for sure which one of those two packages I would take, but Josh Richardson, what was he, 25? Look this up real quick. He's 25 years old. How old is Bam Adebayo? Those are two guys. Bam, Bam Adebayo is only 21. Those are two guys that I think you know. Right. Um, are they, they may not necessarily be stars, but you know both of those guys are good with the potential to be very good. Um, so maybe you take two known quantities and two guys who I think could be pretty good complementary type players next to Towns. Um, you take the two known quantities and you take two swings with the first round picks as opposed to two guys who are pretty good right now, but who knows where they'll be in even a, a year or two in Gordon and Tucker. And then you get four swings and your swings with the, uh, those rockets picks, at least the first two I'm guessing are going to be in the twenties. Um, right. So I don't, I don't think it's a no brainer between those two offers and there's no report out there that Miami's even going to try to match this, this Houston offer. So um, I'm, I'm sure they've been on the phone with somebody from there at some point in the last 12 hours or whatever it's been. Um, but my feeling is somebody can get close to that Houston offer. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if anyone does. And if Tibbs will continue to be stubborn, if, if, if you have multiple offers that are as good or close to as good as this Houston offer and you don't do it, um, I, I just don't even, I wouldn't even know what to say at that point. Franchise malpractice. And they're verging on that. He's verging on that already. Because they, I wrote about this the other day. There would be something admirable about the way he's resisted overtures thus far if Jimmy Butler's first trade demand was actually a week before training camp. But the report from John Krasinski over the Athletic, and he's covered this in, entire saga wonderfully, uh, s s suggested that Jimmy Butler has been communicating with Tom Thibodeau basically since the very end of last season that he's not happy and wants out. And so you're verging on franchise malpractice already. And to, like you said, if there are offers that rival this or are comparable to what Houston's dangling and you don't accept them, that becomes a real issue because who knows how much longer they're going to be there. Jimmy Butler could play out of his mind, but if you're going to negotiate in bad faith, but front offices hold grudges against one another. Mm -hmm. My only thing is it gets really complicated with Miami because the package you said was at a bio Richardson and a first. Or maybe two firsts. I don't know. Well, that doesn't even matter. What is the salary filler there? Because Richardson and Bam don't get it done alone, which is why Olenek was included in so many permutations. And it's like the, the Heat could go nuclear 
once Wayne Ellington comes back and decide to throw Rodney Magruder in there as well, uh, I wouldn't do that. He's been playing spectacular. But even no, throwing him yeah. doesn't get you to the, the necessarily salary. And so then it becomes just really complicated. Maybe that's where Houston might have an edge because any salary they're sending out, even people who think that it's going to be Brandon Knight and Nene, um, uh, you you know they're expiring deals. If you take on Eric Gordon, you know he only has two years left. And do you want to pay Kelly Olynyk for the next three years? Good player, but how does he fit with Towns? If you still have Jang on the roster, it just becomes kind of a yeah. cluster. You know what up front? So uh, I'm not. I'm just not sure. The, the Heat. I, if there was a team that was going to really go th- this drastic route and try and outbid Houston or or come close to matching it, it would be Miami, just because of their salary cap situation moving forward. That being said, I Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in the NBA and we get caught up in how much these guys are making in the end of their contracts. But if he signs a five-year deal where he goes next, you're preparing to pay a, a 34-year-old Jimmy Butler $43.2 million in that fifth year. Yeah. And that, a guy who has Tom Thibodeau minutes on under his belt. And those are a real thing. Like, I don't want to hear that Jimmy Butler didn't play a lot during the beginning of his career. That The typical minutes are a real thing. Just look yep, at what's yeah. happened to some of these guys, or all of these guys. Uh, and I, my guess would be wherever he goes, he's not getting that five-year deal. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends up being like a three-year something, or maybe a four-year with a team option. Uh, or Because it depends on, I'm sure there'd be a smaller market that would give Jimmy the full boat of four years, but does he want to play in, you know, Phoenix, or something like that? What I do find interesting from the Rockets' perspective, and not so much interesting as scary, if, let's say they get Jimmy Butler, and I'm not going to include Eric Gordon or P.J. Tucker in these calculations, I'm just going to include Capella, Knight, Harden, and Paul. Assuming they max out Jimmy for next season, they're going to have $132.8 million committed to those four players, which is $800,000 over the projected luxury tax. So right there, yeah. your core is putting you past the luxury tax. And um, excuse How, me, can you even could, could you even squeeze enough minimum contracts between that and the hard cap or whatever? Yeah, I mean you could, and th- there's the hard cap isn't going to prevent you from using the minimum contracts. And my sorry, okay. my projections actually might be a little bit off because I was using the wrong year but it's you're still basically in the tax with those three which is absolutely nuts it's actually for those four it comes to in their first year together would be 125.5 million and so if you kept pj tucker poof you're at 136 million dollars based 135 million dollars basically 134 million so you're past the luxury tax and that's your five player core and if if you do keep eric gordon now you're all of a sudden in 150 million dollar territory, just between those just between those six players. So how do they even do it with keeping Eric Gordon? Have you looked at any packages like that? Well, you do. I think what helps is you have Brandon. If if the Timberwolves just said we want those picks, uh, you're you could theoretically build something around Brandon Knight's expiring deal. He's actually making something. more than Eric Gordon this year. Um, oh, and it's not expiring. Excuse me. He has a year left on it. So I don't know why the Timberwolves would do that. <laughs> Somebody was tweeting me yesterday, a reporter from NBC, and I should have, I thought I should run this by Dan. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it now, unfortunately. That's fine. Somebody, I just, somebody, somebody told me yesterday that 
you can't there was some weird salary cap rule that made it so they couldn't trade Brandon Knight uh straight up for Jimmy Butler right now. And I wish I could remember who said that. Well there's it so seems foreign to me, but I don't Well Brandon Knight straight up wouldn't work for just Jimmy Butler. Uh he also he can't be traded with another player for two months after being acquired. So he technically couldn't be included in a deal that has other players until October 31st. So I don't know if that's what they're referring to. The, but, and so two two full questions here. So knowing that that would be the commitment and next year, we're talking about Harden's age 30 season, Butler's age 30 season and Paul's age 34 season. If you're the Rockets, I know you're going for it now. And I'm assuming their thinking is even if we don't win it this year, there are those rumblings that the Warriors are going to break up, that Kevin Durant can go to New York, that Draymond Green will qualify for the Supermax and the Warriors won't want to give it to him in 2020 or before then, obviously. Maybe they're, so maybe they're playing this as it's not going to happen this year. It's going to happen in 2019, 2020, and 2020, 2021. Are you willing to foot that kind of a, a bill? Because it's going to be – you're going to have five players that are going to take you past the luxury tax. That's That's just a given at this point, once you add the fifth into those four. And my second question would be, if you're Minnesota, even if you're planning for the big picture, let's say you're Glenn Taylor, that Thibodeau isn't in the equation, are you accepting a package that gives you no immediate assets? I'm talking for, you'll get the 2019 first round pick, but I'm talking no tangible body assets. Like, let's say it is Brandon Knight and Nene, or Brandon and like Brandon Knight, Marky Chris, and they're building something else around smaller deals to get to. I think they need sixteen point four million or something to send out to get Jimmy Butler back. Are you willing to just take those four first round picks and call that your return? Yeah, um, I don't know. There's just so many moving parts and pieces here. I, it was Robert Silverman who sent this to me, by the way, who I'm sure you know. Yeah, Bob Sayeta. Great writer. Um, ben Collins from, for some reason, his name won't. He's from NBC News. Um, he says, I think it's Gordon and Knight in the picks for Jimmy. It's still awful for Houston, and I wouldn't do it. And then uh, Robert Silverman responds, doesn't work under the salary cap unless it's a sign in trade right now. And I'd be shocked if Butler agreed to an extension. Uh, to you at all? No. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't double check it at the time. Um, but that, I just thought that it seems like something I probably should double check. <laughs> well, so the, the entire thing is that it, there would have to be Minnesota would have to send back more salary there because they don't have, cap space there. I think they're right up against a luxury tax line. I'll check my salary projection. I think so Collins came back and said that he, he thought they would get Jang. And then Silverman rightly points out, I doubt Houston takes on Jang and gives up Gordon and, and dumps four picks. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a massive, massive offer, but yeah, that's, that's too. Like, if, if you are Houston though, and you can get rid of Brandon Knight, and if it's Brandon Knight, Eric Gordon, and you have to take back, if you're able to just take back again, if the Kings get involved here and they're the ones taking back Jang and uh, your provide you with more some flexibility there, I would absolutely do the deal because Brandon Knight is on the books for next year at fifteen point six million dollars, and so to kind of have him off the, the the salary cap, you're losing Eric Gordon, sure, but to have him off the books, that's going to really help. help you with the tax penalties yeah. that you're about to incur. 
be really interesting to see them cobble together a roster if they could get Jimmy Butler to agree to Trevor resign. Trevor Rizzo would be coming back, I feel like. I mean, I <laughs> Did he sign a one-year deal in Phoenix? Yeah. yeah. Everyone thinks that he's going to get bought out and go back to Houston. That would be – I wouldn't be surprised. That, I'd like to see him go to New Orleans if that happens, though. Yeah. Oh, he would be awesome there. Yeah, it, that's my my dream is for the Pelicans to trade for Kyle Korver and get Damari Carroll or Trevor Ariza on the buyout market this season. Yeah, this all worked out. I've, really, I've thought about they'd be a contender with with Korver and Ariza or close to it because they're so close to it as now. They might only even yeah. need Ariza. Uh, they uh, even in the Western Conference, there's a good chance they might they'll have the best player in, in multiple series. Would you that talk about a digression? Would you <laughs> again? I don't. I laid out the framework of a Kings deal, and I don't necessarily know what it would look like if if Brandon Knight's going to be involved. But if you're Minnesota and your return is Eric Gordon, Brandon Knight, and those four first rounders, and let's say you're getting off Jang and he's going to Sacramento, and let's say as a result you're only getting three first rounders, would you do the deal? Um, I think I. Probably would, but again, it just comes down to what's what's their aim. Um, is it Glenn Taylor, and is it forward-looking, or is it Tom Thibodeau, and is it stubbornness and um, piecing together a 45-win roster this season? I, it, it, I, there's, so, there's so much confusion as to who's in charge right now that it's hard to forecast what the final deal is going to be. It'd be pretty clear that Tom Thibodeau would not accept that deal, though, correct? This would have to be a situation where Glenn Taylor, and I feel like I've said that too many times, but... I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, if... I would do it, too, if I was Minnesota, and that was the parameters. I, but again, you have to get off Jang as part of that deal still. I don't want Brandon Knight and Jang on the books. It's just an additional Wiggins and Towns, because you yeah. could make the salaries work if, you know, you have Josh... Uh, not Well, you're not trading Josh Kogi, but you have Justin Patton you could throw in a salary. For, there are ways to make it work but one i don't want to if you're the timberwolves you don't want to take on salary as part of this deal even this year no so i I would be i would be shocked if the offer ever included both gordon and tucker in addition to the four first round picks and i also would be floored if the rockets don't have to include eric gordon in this deal yeah if they're able to get away i would say or pj tucker i would think there has to be at least one of them in there Let's say it does get done in some form or fashion. The top four is Chris Paul, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Clint Capella. Um, maybe P.J. Tucker, maybe not. But you've still got Melo, Gerald Green, uh, Michael Carter-Williams. Is that Are they instantly a title contender again? I would think yes, but Jimmy Butler's fit. I mean, if you're worried about Melo and how his ball-dominant ways fit in with the Rockets. Jimmy Butler's not this just off-ball savant. I don't think he necessarily cares about the offensive end as much, that he'd be content to defend. Uh, And we're talking about a very small sample size here, uh, but he's shooting 40% on catch-and-shoot threes this year, 50% on wide-open threes. And when the Rockets are fully healthy with Chris Paul and James Harden, you'd think they'd generate a bunch of high-end open looks. If they're able to keep Tucker and you have Butler and you have James Ennis and Clint Capella, you can do some really awesome things defensively. Chris Paul, too. I don't mean to leave him out there. I would wonder how quickly it would come together 
getting Butler without having him go through a training camp or preseason with you. At the same time, Houston's offense isn't that complicated. It's still ISO heavy. They're still going to, you know, run those high pick and rolls. I, I, I think it would be, I think he would fit there. I don't want to say they would be the foremost threat to the Warriors immediately. I'd still like the Raptors better just because we've seen them probably. I might even like the Celtics better if they ever figure out how to score, but that's a different, that's a story for a different day. I, they're not winning the championship this year if they get Jimmy Butler. I just wouldn't, I, I think it would take a little too long to come together. And you have to, you put it out, you have to worry about, you know, James Harden just has, he has the hamstring injury going on. Uh, Chris Paul always seems to get injured towards the end of the season. What is Melo going to be? He scores 22 points off the bench in a loss to the Jazz, but, you know, Houston lost. Um, and I, I, it's, I, and Jimmy Butler, too, has a history of injuries. I'd worry about this team breaking down towards the end of the year, which is why if I'm Houston, I would have a little bit of pause about giving up the four first-rounders when you're going to have so much money committed to Butler, Paul, and Harden as they're getting past their – well, for Harden and Butler, past their 30th birthdays – and Chris Paul going into his age 34 season. And the someone coach. made a joke on Twitter yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, that the blueprint is, if you're down or more, you trade four first-round picks, stay while the first one or two conveys, yeah. and find another Stop. job for like $20 million a year or something elsewhere. Yeah. Um, the combination of age, injuries, and money is definitely uh, – <laughs> I think that would trouble just about any owner or front office, or at least make them pause. Um, I have one last thing. This is <clears throat> box plus minus uh, over the last five seasons, including this one. Um, so since 2014-15, players with at least 5,000 minutes. Number three in box plus minus is James Harden. Number five is Chris Paul. Number 10 is Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler over that same span, 22 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a true shooting percentage of 58. Um, the three top 10 players and Clint Capella, who's very, very good. Um, I don't, I probably wouldn't pick them to beat the Warriors, but they would suddenly be interesting to me again right now I don't find them all that interesting because I just I think the drop-off defensively that they uh are currently showing is just huge not just the loss of Ariza and Mbam Mute but the loss of their essentially defensive coordinator and Jeff Buzdelic to lose all that stuff in the same summer um that's clearly had an impact on them but if they turn around and a, a couple weeks into the season get another top 10 player when they've already got, you know, at least two top 10 players, maybe two top five players, depending on how you view Chris Paul. Um, again, Don't Mello. <laughs> uh, and a, and a random top 300 player in Mello. Um, the, the age and the injury stuff is certainly concerning and it could all fall apart pretty quickly. Um, but man, they, <laughs> the top of that roster would be very, very scary. Yeah. And they would be, they're going to be major players in the buyout market now. So just think yeah. about some of the veterans that could get bought out. What if George Hill gets bought out in Cleveland and decides to go to Houston? That's someone who could help them, particularly if you've traded Eric Gordon and or Brandon Knight. It'd be very interesting there. This would be the deal. This is the deal that I built also while you were talking. This is the last thing I'll say before we wrap this up. Houston Rockets receive Jimmy Butler, Costa, Costa Kufos, 
The Timberwolves receive Brandon Knight, Eric Gordon, Shumpert, three first-round picks. The Kings get Jang, Tyus Jones, and a first-round pick. The Timberwolves stay under, uh, I think they add like $200,000 in salary there, and you can trim that later on in the season. You could probably add another player to this deal, but they evade the they evade the tax line this year. I believe I set it up with that deal, and then you're getting rid of Jang's deal, still the three first-round picks, and Gordon, at least you can talk yourself into him helping you now. It's just still Shumpert, a wing. You need wings. It's just still still such a... This has to happen after Halloween, by the way. It's just still still such a... That seems like such an underwhelming return, even with those picks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And and one thing that stood out is that Halloween deadline. I wonder if they'll wait a few more days to open up stuff like that. And then I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Tibbs just maintains his stubbornness and waits till December 15th when a bunch more people open up. And then um, I'm not I'm not really going to stick with my hot take from a couple episodes ago <laughs> that he left. <laughs> the whole season <laughs> given given who's in charge of some of these packages i would not be stunned if he just let it go the entire year last question to end on this it doesn't even need an explanation if jimmy butler if it's if a team comes out of nowhere to outbid or come close to outbidding the heat and rockets which team is it hmm I guess the Clippers, that's the only one that, and maybe the Nets are still involved. I, I don't know. I, I think it's down to those two. <laughs> well, if, if Houston's offering four first round picks, it sure seems like it's down to those yeah. two. What, I mean, what if the Pelicans were just like, F it, and came in with an offer of a pick, Etwan Moore, Nicole Miritich, knowing that they have Julius Randle? Mm, that's interesting, too. Interesting. I hope I don't make uh, Pelicans fans mad. Miritich has been spectacular. For, for he's been season. incredible, and I think he's very, very good. But um, and he's he's probably he's certainly more durable too. I would think at this point in their careers. But that would definitely be an interesting thing. Um, I've got a roll though. Uh, anything else we want to roll? We want to hit before we go. Do you have a prediction about how this Jimmy Butler thing is going to end? Is it going to be in Houston or Miami or Minnesota? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Houston on February 5th. If this thing drags out right until the trade deadline. Wow. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm picturing the Tom Thibodeau laughing gif right now. Yeah, I'm just going to predict Jimmy Butler to the Pelicans now. So it'd be fun to watch him play with Anthony okay. Davis. Can I will that into existence or no? Please do. Um, if you have any gripes about our takes in today's episode, you can find Dan on Twitter at Dan Favale, uh, F-A-V-A-L-E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. The show's at Hardwood Knox. The sponsor is at NBA underscore math. As always, we encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you've already done that, uh, please share with a friend or relative and until next time we leave you with the shout out to ben Audrey and kyle anderson sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime